Welcome to a new type of podcast where you can all relate. Here's the first episode of Thin Line Between Sports and Hate with your host, Charlie Brown. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first podcast of Thin Line Between Sports and Hate. And right now, we're going to get to our baseball section of the podcast. And what I got here is my co-host, Kev. Like, we give out his full government, and I want you ladies chasing him. <laughs> Nothing like that. Say what up, Kev, to the people. What's good, yo? It's Kev. And my man Kev works, actually, for the New York Yankees. I ain't going to tell you where. Like I said, I don't give out all the information now. But we're going to sit here and talk baseball with him. And our first subject is... We're going to talk about the Yankees, and um, what's up, man? Yo, Behind man. the um, Boston Red Sox, what, 11 games there? Talk to me. Shit is crazy. We have injuries out the wazoo. Shit is insane. Like, we have no starting pitching currently. Shit is crumbling. I see that. Still got CC and uh, Masahara CC. out there. Yeah. They're, they're only they're, – they're, they're consistent, but uh, they're just – like, Severino hasn't been the same in, like, a month. So what you think they can do to help get their pitching better? I mean, obviously the trade de- deadline is over. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to get them for the wild card exactly. right now. Right um, now, they usually rely on that bullpen, to be honest with you. So you Just think like it, last year. if it comes to the playoffs, though, what's going to happen? I mean, we've seen what happened in the last series. Yeah. Uh, Boston shellacked them. Yeah, it was a sweep. They, they just have, like, without Judge, we're just undermanned right now. And then when they have Mookie, JD, Sale, all these dudes just going off at the right time. This is really hard to beat. Boston Red Sox is on the road, and then you know it's on the road. Yeah, it's hard to say that being a uh, yeah. Yankees fan, I'm diehard New Yorker. But you know, on on this platform here, we do keep it real. You just got to keep it the Boston Red Sox is rolling. When we are healthy, we have been proven to beat them in a series prior to this sweep. In the other series, we did uh, win every single series before that. So, so you, maybe fully healthy, we have a chance. Everyone else says clearly we can't really compete with them besides us, to so, be honest. So you think you're going to get Judge back in time for the playoffs? I think uh, most likely, yeah, for the wild card game. I think we can. Definitely. So if you get Judge back, Kenny, do the Yankees have a chance? I mean, with that pitch, I mean, the man's going to be coming off an injury. Yeah. You need some time to warm up. Exactly. Everybody likes some time to warm up. So you don't know if you're going to get the Judge from last year. Or the judge from this year. I mean, we'll be the judge once he comes back. <laughs> we'll be the real judge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But let's, let's move over to the um, to the NL, which, you know, everybody's in the hunt right now. You got Chicago, St. Louis, Milwaukee. 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 Let's, Milwaukee. let's talk about the Brewers, all right? Brewers are nice. We haven't heard about them since the day CeCe yeah. was the real horse nice. back then. And Lorenzo Cain is murdering it. As the best player on that team, also Yellick, who looks like that weird who who Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, do you see that thing? It's it. Pete Davidson. Like, uh, he, the does, he does. He does. <laughs> like he got the suns from SpongeBob. He yo. does. <laughs> what do you think about um St. Lou though? I mean, still Saint got they, Trout. Still got Trout. They still got some pitching. They're pretty good. I think playoff time they can make a little run. They can make a slight run. Chicago yeah. though. Chicago. Shadow still young, Yo, still got that team Baez. that won that championship, huh? Yeah. Only are they only missing what one piece? Who they let go? That hitter that the um, excuse me, the Yankees picked up. What's his name? 
that was that um that was injured for a while. That was doing really good, and they let him go two years ago, or a year to have a season go. But we'll get back to that yeah, one. We'll get back to that one. But definitely, Chicago is the one team we look out. Baez is a beast. He's hitting shots. And what result. happened to L.A. this year? L.A.? Oh, they had a bunch of injuries. Kershaw got injured. But uh, no one believes in them. <laughs> they get washed every time the playoffs comes around. I mean, I don't know. Dodgers are always suspect every year. But they got Machado, which is interesting. Oh, Machado's very good, yeah. yeah. They could make a push. So, you know, after the season, um, a very interesting name in Bryce Harper will be a uh, – he will. Where do you think he'll go? He could go to the Yankees. He's been playing ever since the home run derby. It's crazy. He's like one of the few dudes who, after the home run derby, has been just been lights out. He's just been hitting great. Bryce Harper's always been good. Love this cocky attitude. Love how he always came in. He's one of the few stars that – Bring charisma and flair to the game. And we need a lefty. Yeah, we do. We do. Wait, can you imagine that lineup? Judge, Stanton, Didi, Bryce Harper. People will complain about Yankees being in Golden State in baseball. Yeah, exactly. If they just get some pitching. But see, you get all that hitting. But still, as we see this year, they have one of the baddest lineups in um, baseball. and um, They've had games where they've been beaten by 10 runs. Yeah. Because, listen, if that bat doesn't get hot, nobody's swinging. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody. You know, once a pitcher gets hot, get that confidence up after five innings. If you didn't hit him before, um, he's pretty. He's going to be lights out. It's going to be pretty hard to hit somebody. The Yankees need, like, Severino to step back up into the ace that we saw him for, like, the first really good half of the season. His ERA was, like, two mm-hmm. max. Just mm. getting wins. Always getting run support, too. We need him back. He was in the he was in the run for Cy Young until this last month. His ERA jumped up to three. My man Kev giving you the stats and facts of baseball. We're gonna talk one more topic though before we go, and that is Barry Bonds. So you know the Hall of Fame just passed by, and once again Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did not get in. My take on Barry Bonds and Clemens, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty with the majority. I'm going with them. I, I believe Barry Bonds should get in. Exactly. We all know he was a Hall of Famer before yeah. 2000. Yeah. I mean, it's evident that, Matt, we, uh, you know what, let me not say that. It's not evident that he, he's taking steroids, but, I mean, you can see with the eyeball test that this yeah. man grew large and um, numbers went up. When your head size grows, it's an exponential, like, race. Well, see, that's <laughs> what it was, because if you look at the stats, um, even before 2000, his home runs did start going up. Yeah. You know, it definitely did. Compared to Roger Clemens to somebody who was just um, an a-hole about it and yeah. actually called out, you know, the yeah. judges and everything yeah. and said, you can't come after me unless, you know, you get yeah. caught yeah. lying, yeah. perjury, and um, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you're in deep, deep, deep. And I remember, I, I'll never forget, um, I think it was, I don't call me wrong, I want to say 2004, 2005, the last year, I believe, he played for the Yankees. I believe that's the year we had the rocking and everything. I think he played for, we picked him up for like a quarter or half the season. He had some ridiculous contract. He came back at like 40 years old. Yeah. And his contract was crazy. I think it was something like 19 mil. Was I was like, man, the Yankees are just throwing out money. Yeah, like, it, like, it seemed like they always rely on old pitchers, never yeah. get younger. Like, you know, I love CC. I love... 
myself, but it's time for these guys to go. You know, yeah. I love that we can get hitters, but we need to grow some good pitchers. I, you know, I'm, and, 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 and just because yeah. we have money, just don't throw it out. Yeah. You know, we, we, how much we sign um, Masahara for? You know, you get these foreign players well, from Japan, know, like, they cost a lot of money. Yeah. And you're taking a, a gamble on them, on somebody you can go out. Look what the Mets did. The Mets, you know, may not be may not be the best in uh, in their division right now. But look at their pitching they had. And when Harvey yes. was healthy, yeah, three good pitch, three top pitchers. And uh, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Harvey. Yeah, Poor no Harvey. <laughs> but no hitting. Just no hitting. No hitting. Or had they had just two of the players from the Yankees, give them yeah. Didi and um, give them Didi and, and um, Judge, they, could, they might win a few chips. <laughs> they might win a few chips. That team is really good. But going back to Barry Bonds and Clemens, uh, Clemens, I mean, and then Andy Pettit ratted him out. Is it? Yo, when your own people yeah, ratted you, you out. You, you probably really ain't <laughs> shit. <laughs> you really ain't shit. And, yeah. you know, he lied in court. Yeah, lied I mean, in court. He, I, I just. He and just he's taken it for uh, basically the majority of his career. Basically. So it's kind of hard. I mean, all his wins and everything. The thing is, though, I do agree with a lot of people. What they say, the steroid era did make baseball. Better, yeah. Because I wasn't even watching it like that, and I can I remember people. I remember this guy used to write on his car that was parked in front of my building every day in this dirt. Uh, that's how dirty his window was. The numbers of home runs from McGuire that year, and Sosa went at it. And you know that's everybody was paying attention. So as as yeah, as bad as it, as it was. Well, Griffey. Well, Griffey's clean. He's clean. Clean. As far as we clean. know, for, yeah, Griffey's clean. clean. But I do believe there's a lot of people we will never know about. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And as far as we know, Griffey's clean. But you know what kills me? What goes to the Red Sox? Um, if I'm not mistaken, David Ortiz they get busted yeah. for steroids. And uh, remember what he said in the interview? Um, when I find out, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> and it was like swept under the rug. And exactly. I was like, but yet these it. guys crucified Giambi. Yeah. I mean, he, who's a, thank God, you know, he tried to make a little comeback at the end of his career with his little nimble feet running around the, <laughs> look like a two-year-old just learning to run, <laughs> running around the bases. Designated DH. Yeah, but Barry Bonds, I mean, his hitting, his coordination. Yeah. Beast. You know, people don't Transcendent talk about, talent. and baseball is yeah. sad, though. People will remember Ken Griffey, Chipper Jones, but you don't hear people talk about Barry Bonds. When I was growing up, you didn't see Barry Bonds on Weedy Box, even though he was killing it. He had MVPs. He was keeping up with Ken Griffey. But I guess charisma and flair. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I, people, people like yes, people do like say that, that people like Barry, um, Barry Bonds is not a good locker room presence. Yeah. That people, Ken Griffey was more like. But you know what? You have that with these superstar athletes. With their, their, their sight, they're just so into the game that if you're not on their level, you can't talk to it's them. It's like Kobe. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mike was like that a little bit like too. That. Mike was like that. Kobe was like that. like that. The greats are like that because you know what? They either want to push you, or they already see that you're nowhere near my level. So we we, we can't even good. eat at the same table. Yeah, his teams weren't that good. <laughs> they weren't. They just weren't. I remember. Imagine if he was on the Yankees, yo. That oh, King Griffey. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Oh my, with him and Jeter in his prime. Yo, oh my and God. Him. Mo. Even Pettit. Oh, Pettit in the playoffs is ridiculous. Oh, he was ridiculous, ridiculous. in the 90s, yup. And like you said, Mo Rivera. Oh, man, Tito Martinez. Tito, he gave it to him, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. 
Jorge Posada. Yeah. After Papa Posada. <laughs> Don't give me Papa yeah. Posada. <laughs> but folks, thank you. That's going to end our podcast for the MLB section. Stay tuned for basketball and 2K on our next podcast episode. And I'm your host, Charlie Brown, and this is Kevin. We out. Good. Thanks for having me, man. No doubt, bro. Pleasure always. And we out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, Thin Line Between Sports and Hate, and I'm your host, Charlie Brown. Here today, speak with my man, my co-host, A-Trends. What's up, man? Not much, man. <laughs> Taken aback by the music. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Got to have a little theme music. Everybody else needs it. Like I said, I'm going to get you sucker. You ain't here without theme music. You know what I mean? You got to keep it real. Look, I ain't got a whole marching band behind me. Get this drum line started. <laughs> so what are the rules here? We can't, we can't curse. We can't oh, no, brother, brother, no. I mean, yeah, we definitely, the main rules is to keep it objective and be unbiased as possible. Keep it real. You know, uh, a lot of things out here, you know, a lot of a lot of problems to me now, these sports stars or these so-called analysts is doing more slander than actual basketball talk to me nowadays so you know what i'm saying we're gonna keep it objective keep it real here and okay. one of the things i want to talk about is the kobe versus lebron james talk since we all know lebron james is now in la yep so yep. i want to know where you stand on it you know where i stand mamba mentality all day but i don't want to sound like a fanboy so let me <laughs> let me see what you got to say you know people listen to the podcast oh this is another kobe tard like you know i mean true maybe I, I will keep it real and say, you know, his last game I was not a fan of 60 points for 60 shots damn near. Like, um, damn, man. <laughs> I mean, that, that was, that was kind of like an ultimate troll job for all Kobe fans and Kobe haters at the same time because he still got the 60. <laughs> no, he still got the but 60. At the, but at the same time, like. You, look, you um, went out like Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> he, he went out. He went out like a character of himself. Like for the people that um bash him and say that he was too inefficient, well, he went all the way there. And at the same time, the people that kind of like hero worship him and realize that he had like a bum ass team and he didn't really have anybody to rely on. And everybody kept looking at Kobe, even though he was like forty eight at that time. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I mean, for the people who are bashing, just remember this man just came off an Achilles rehabilitation. And um, this was his last year, so I mean, the explosiveness was was fully gone. To me, I blame, I blame the year he got hurt. Like he was just wilding in the beginning. Remember reverse dunks, you know, bugging out, dropping forty. I said, whatever he's doing in Germany, keep doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, even 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 in that last game, like, all right, so all of that is gone. And then even with everything that's going on, you got a whole bunch of young Lakers on that Lakers team, and everybody was giving him the ball with like five seconds left. And asking, looking at him like, go ahead, this is your night, bail us out. <laughs> he took a lot of shots, but at the same time, they won. In that, four, in that fourth quarter, he delivered. And, Kobe, and, fashion. Kobe, and fashion. Kobe fashion. And Kobe fashion. And Kobe fashion, man. And managed to out, out, upstage the Golden State Warriors, who just set a record for NBA wins in that season. So he yeah, still we'll, stole we'll the spotlight. Yeah, he still stole the spotlight. Because remember, it was, it was the Kobe 
going away show. I remember um, <laughs> Draymond Green talking trash to Paul Pierce the after the year after he retired. So oh, what yeah. you think? think they gonna give you a, a, a going away party like you ain't Kobe? <laughs> they don't love you. You ain't Kobe. <laughs> yeah, I'd be dying with that. Oh man, one of the sound bites that was hilarious. I wish I had that on deck. But not to sound like Kobe fans on here, but um, I mean yeah. LeBron, three titles. Uh, yeah, but the thing about it is like, all right. So here's the thing: like in basketball, there is no one way to get anything done. Like there's just different styles, there's different eras, there's different rules. People have different archetypes, and we're gonna steal a two K reference. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, y'all, um, you play some two K there, Adrians. <laughs> But there's, like, different ways to do this thing. And, like, the thing that makes LeBron unique is just his size, his body, his athleticism. He has all of that in one body. Like, the size of, like, Karl Malone or, like, the footwork of a point guard that's down in the post. And, like, he has the vision of, like, Steve Nash, Magic Johnson, Pistol Pete. So he's like this huge playmaker who can happen to score from time to time. So when he drags a team through the playoffs, through the season, he's doing it that way. He's either going to physically overwhelm you or he's just going to set mm-hmm. up a whole bunch of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Now, I- the, way, the way Kobe Bryant does it is obviously he's an outside scorer. His, his body yep. type is completely different. Exactly. That's how people do it. Yep. His, his goals – and the way he can help and service the team is completely different. So he's the one that's going to create things for and himself. Exactly. And make it happen when there's nothing else that's there. So, Well, see, that, but not to cut you off, that's the point I want to bring up. A lot of people I read on the internet a lot, especially these YouTube videos and replies, is that, oh, well, um, you know, Kobe Bryant um, shooting percentage was lower than LeBron. But if you look at Okay, if you want to go statistically, um, Kobe Bryant took 10 to 15 jump shots per game. Seven of those happen to be three-pointers. LeBron James takes an average from six to eight shots a game. You know what I'm saying? Less volume, uh, higher percentage. Kobe Bryant is more of a higher-volume shooter. He's going to make more, but the percentage may not be as high because he's taking more shots. And I think if you also look at the era – you know, Kobe still was in, like, the last ending of the Mike era where, to me, it was iso ball, the best player in your team that we had to do, and you rolled out. You were blessed if you had a sidekick, if you were Jordan and Pippen, Stockton and Malone, you know, Bird and but- Mikhail. To me, that was a little different. I mean, LeBron now coming in this era, it's more team-oriented and forming Megazord, you know, getting everybody together and say it's morphing time. Yeah. You know? uh- but the, and, and another thing to consider, too, is, like, um, given their position and given their roles and the mm-hmm. people that they played with. So you had That, too, yes. Yes, Kobe, that's a so big Kobe part. Bryant, so Kobe Bryant was the wing scorer for his team. Um, he had Shaq down low. He had Lamar Odom. He had Paul Gasol. So mm-hmm. a lot of the spacing on the floor, um, like, those guys weren't going to stand by the three-point line. They weren't going to give him space like that. Yes, exactly. It's not in a triangle but, offense at that, and, too. And on top of that, you're running a triangle offense as opposed to LeBron where the offense is running through him. So he can space the floor. He can call for a pick. He can have people running like a five-out. Exactly. It's more free a, motion. Yeah, so so that way um, he has more lanes and more opportunity to run towards the basket and giving him easier shots. And at that size, he's going to take advantage of that, obviously. 
question. So, do you because I cut you off? Do you think the triangle offense um, had something to do with Kobe Bryant scoring? Period. Being that he played in that system, do you think Kobe Bryant could play outside the triangle offense? No, what no I'm saying is because some people say the triangle offense is what made Kobe. I don't believe that. No, ahead. Kobe, Kobe Bryant, at very worst, if you're gonna rank him historically. The, 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 the furthest you can put him down is top twenty. Well, so to 15, me, yeah, maybe, yeah. To, to me, to me, he, he's he's a top ten player, definitely, without an argument. You can make mm-hmm. arguments on where you're going to put him on the list on your own personal objectivity, whatever. But he's like at the very worst, you can say he's the twenty worst best player of all time. So, like, it doesn't matter what sort of offense you were going to put him in. He's mm-hmm. he's just he's just one of the most talented scorers ever. So he was going to get his shot off regardless. It was going to hit regardless. So it doesn't matter if it's off, if it's mm-hmm. triangled, if it was some D'Antoni system. It really didn't matter. He was going to still get his points. The only thing I'm I saying is like, it's like um, the way the triangle is set up is the triangle has a lot of motion. It, doesn't, it, like, it doesn't have a lot of – like um, the, the point guard isn't the prime hammer, primarily ball handler. No, he's not. Triangle That's offense. right. It, it moves around. He get the rock. <laughs> yeah, so the point guard – like they'll they'll bring it down from time to time, whatever. But there, there's always like an initial pass into the post. So the so the so the the whole purpose of the offense is to run it through the post, and you can have your big man either pass it out or for different other motions, or they can set up in the post and you go through that way. So everything was going inside to set up maybe an outside shot, but with all of that traffic inside, it creates kind of like. A vacuum to keep Kobe mm-hmm. from getting into the basket. Exactly. Yeah. So there, so there was a lot of Block contested. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like contested eighteen footers, contested twenty footers. He was gonna take those shots, and he was gonna take those shots because he's Kobe Bryant and he's confident enough to take those shots. It has been exactly. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> Mama mentality. Question yeah. here: What about the physicality? Do you think LeBron? A lot. I think I believe LeBron James physically is. Definitely tough to keep up with 90s basketball. Mentally, different story. And the reason I say that, the whole cramp situation, um, um, the, game well, one, the game one breakdown, to me, um, it was overtime. You know what I'm saying? You still got a chance, buddy. Like, don't I mean, cry. <laughs> the, 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 the two times, well, I mean, cramps, you can't control cramps. I mean, your body is your body. Mm-hmm. If it decides it's just, it's just the way up. it broke down, like the showtime about it. Like, okay, man, you got cramps going inside, brother. We don't need to see you, you know, in the best Academy Award. I mean, I mean, LeBron. <laughs> and there's no time, though. Like, like, like sometimes when you're sitting down somewhere and you stand up and your foot is asleep, you can't exactly move <laughs> either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you're so, sitting there, you know, you didn't drink enough water, and you're, uh, you're doing it, you're hitting I mean, it from the back and you cramp up in the knee, uh, and you know, you jump up, like, oh, I'm a Jesus. Yeah, you yeah, want it all. It's a bad. <laughs> I understand that, you know, but, but I, mean, um, I mean, from the um, the announcement, I don't know. Sometimes I, I look, I, I'm, I'm a LeBron James hater. I'm definitely a fan of his. And uh, I tell everybody that somebody that had that size to run that fast, never been hurt, never been hurt. 15 year yeah. career, this man only takes off when he feels like the team is not that great and I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this man, he's, he's, you know. He's doing walking a good triple, point. Yeah, yeah, walking <laughs> triple, double. I always tell people I think he's a mixture of a lot of basketball players. Like you said, I think some Bird, some Oscar Robinson, Magic Johnson, Bernard King, the way he can just score. LeBron James is an unstoppable slasher to the paint. You know, I think probably the most N1s in history. <laughs> but, 
Like, I was, about to, I was making a joke that during the finals when he got busted in the eye and it was red, that he actually looked like Cyborg from the Teen Titans. You stupid. He, he actually did. He actually did. He actually looked like somebody actually injured when I saw him go down. Yeah. I said, oh, me and my girl was watching. He was like, oh, man, he's just playing. Watch he get up. And he was like, oh, man, he's still down. No, no, I held oh, my man, he's still, yeah. I was when like, he, oh, he's still down. <laughs> when, when he landed and he touched his ankle, I was like, oh, my God, did it just yeah. finally happen? I didn't want it to happen, but I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you don't just wish injury. I'm sorry. You don't yeah. wish injury on nobody. And what did and he do? What did he do? He just he just untied the sneakers, tied it back up, and he was back to walking he around like he's a cyborg, bro. The man is a physical specimen. I think LeBron James takes excellent care of his body. Uh, I can't say that he doesn't. Use, I don't believe he used PEDs. There's a lot of rumors speculating that he's used steroids. But with today's technology and um, stem cell and all this, even Kobe went overseas and got rejuvenated knees for a little while. You know, there's technology to keep going. You know, you see even boxers. I was watching this one boxing documentary when this guy was getting ready for a fight, and he had like this, this time, this like ice chamber. He go in there, it's supposed to give you thirty percent more oxygen and all this. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like, so got- to me, technology today is damn near like some of the cartoons we watch. You know, I feel like they, yeah, I feel like <laughs> motherfuckers can go in a hyperbolic time chamber, fight for three days, come out it's two years later, and turn up the and gravity, like, and just turn up the gravity. Talking about the- my power levels over three million. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe, gravity. I believe it's like tone. that. I mean, as far as the debate goes, and you know, a lot of people just never did vote for finals MVP. But I believe that goes back to what you were saying. It goes back to the um, the teams they have. Shaq was solidified. I don't believe Shaq carried Kobe. Mm. Um, in the first championship, if you want to say that, Shaq averaged 30.5 points a game. Kobe averaged 15.6. But let's not forget Kobe's 20 years old. Yeah, and, and I tell people, um, you know, one of the narratives I heard that Shaq reached the finals quicker with Penny and D Wade. Well, Penny and D Wade also went to college. You're yeah. talking about a kid who came straight out of high school, and Shaq was already solidified. And in the first year, also people forget, and I tell people, you gotta watch basketball. Uh, an intricate player in that on that team with people who do not mention is Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice wild out in that series. Let, remember, Glenn Rice was a nice shooter, and he did what he had to do for that year before they got Robert Horry. wasn't even banging it like that. So, you know, it's different teams to me. Um, definitely um, Kobe could have got a finals MVP uh, one of the following uh, two championships they won, only scoring two less points than Shaq again. You know, I think when people say uh, Kobe, uh, Shaq carry Kobe, what about Kyrie carrying LeBron in the year they beat uh, Golden State Warriors? Again. He averaged more points than LeBron. And to me, if it wasn't for that game, he wilded out because he was cooking curry. He was Mm -hmm. busting ass, taking and switching hands. Let's not forget, Kyrie went off. Uh, um, they, they, They obviously, they don't. Like, for them to win that championship, the championship they won, the Cleveland Closet Cavaliers, they had to get every single thing to break right. So they needed that suspension from Draymond. Oh, the stimulus they package, need- as Stephen A. Smith like to call it. Yeah, they, they needed all of those things to break exactly right. Because if one of those things is just a little bit different, then they don't win that championship. And, they maybe, Kevin, and maybe Kevin Durant isn't even there right now. But, you know... Uh, yeah, that's a whole thing to so, say too. Well, yeah. I, and I say that was facts but, is facts. You can't dispute that. Yeah, but but yeah, Kyrie Irving was a huge part of the Cavaliers winning that. I want to say big part, especially in Game Six and Seven. 
brother. He took over the fourth quarters, taking it to the lane, cutting Curry up. Do I need to say that again? I mean, he was cooking Curry. You know Curry is already hot enough. I mean, and he, he was, was torching. He was torching Curry. He was, he was lane. He he was on that to all of them because Clay guarded him for a long time. Clay couldn't stop him. Uh, you know, uh, they would switch off, and Draymond was out there during picks and stuff like that. So he he did that to everybody. But that's that's what I'm saying. So people say Shaq Shaq carried Kobe, and I only believe that maybe you can say that in the first championship. Definitely not the second, and definitely not the third. Another thing I like to bring up too when they bring this Kobe and LeBron debate, Kobe's never been swept in finals. LeBron <laughs> has been swept twice, my brother. About, I right, mean, right. Iverson with with Aaron McKee, Tyrone Hill, um, Tom um, McCullough, Matumbo. Iverson got one game, my brother. One game. And that was uh, in where? What? <laughs> Staples Center. You know what I'm saying? He took one game from Staples Center. And this is the part I love. After that, guess who was going Iverson the rest of the series? Kobe. Because the best player guards the best player on the team, my brother. All right, but uh, on on the for, for that for that debate, I'll say this. All right, so LeBron James got swept twice in the finals. Um, the first time he got swept in the finals, the best player on that team besides him was, was it was it was that the year that Mo Williams Mo was there? Williams was there. He was the best player on the team. I will say that that team was kind of terrible. And then we're talking about Anderson Verichell. Pavlovic, um, and this you is, had and Booby Gibson, DeWan Wagner was in and out. Um, yeah, I don't believe that Larry Hughes was there anymore. He probably, probably was. I don't believe so. Uh, did they get rid of but, Eric Snow already? I don't know. But the, but the point I'm making is this: that like at that time, at that time, it was a horrible team. And on top of it, they were playing the Spurs coming off of their first peak. So during that time, these were the San Antonio Spurs. Who They're going to be none to mess with. Yep, young Tony. They, they were they were just they, yep. they were just posting you to death, and they would just you know they would have rock fights with you. They would keep you in the seventies. Well, I always felt defense. like they had LeBron's number because they play a half court set and they settle his tempo down. I believe they, you know LeBron when he gets that rock, man. He's a train going at full speed, but that can make that can break and make but, every stop along the route. But the thing, that they, the thing that they were doing was, um, all right, so they were limiting the fast break. On top of that, they were playing up against the shooters, so the shooters didn't have open shots. And then on top of that, um, they would give LeBron four, five, six feet of wide open space to um, kind of like bait him into taking a whole bunch of 18 and 20 footers. And at that time, LeBron James had no kind of jump shot. So, and what was he? He was, he was like 20 mm. at that time. No, he, no he, he was 21. He was young. He was so young. Uh, that so, was at, no 2006 2007 came in the league at 18 2003 said so I would have made him 23 24 years old not young I think but regardless the point is that now that was 2006 2007 yeah so remember he came in the league in 2003 2004 season so that's so three he came in 18 so yeah 21 22 yeah so correct. so you you you're talking about Tim Duncan arguably anywhere from a top 5 player that to one a top I can let player. him slide I'm gonna be honest so, with yeah. that 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 so, one I can let him slide there's no Julius shame Doctor was always hurt with feet feet injury but here this what brings me back though to the um yeah, but, this brings me to the question, to the um, actually to the um, resolution two years later. Now, a lot of people say, well, they never faced each other, Kobe and LeBron. They had a chance at Kobe um, repeat, and um, they faced Orlando Magics in the Eastern Conference Finals, and what happened? 
because Dwight Howard was a monster that year. But I'm just saying, what happened? I'm just saying, if they had a chance to face each other, that year would have been the year. I believe uh, they lost to the Orlando Magic's four to one, if not being swept. Uh-huh. And then Orlando went on um, getting their ass beat, and LeBron, um, Dwight getting dealt on by Kobe. That's a whole other segment, though. Yeah, hold on. But before we get into that, though, let me just finish the the, the LeBron versus Golden State where he got swept now. Because remember also in this finals, like it took an incredibly boneheaded play by J.R. Smith <laughs> for them to lose that game one. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they should have won. I'm saying that they had an opportunity to win. No, I get what you're like saying. This sneak one, not to get yeah. not to get swept. Yes, yeah. So they could have snuck one there. So like those two sweeps, like. One was kind of fluky, even though because because like that Golden State team is a, is a super teams team, man. It's 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 Justice League versus just Lex Luthor at that point, man. Like it's just, stupid. It's just, <laughs> just going to get his man. It's just, well, here's, it's just here's my thing is. on that game, though. Though, J.R. Smith did a <laughs> terrible, terrible move to me, and you got to admit this. Going into overtime, the score is zero zero. Yeah, it is, but at, but at that point, it's like. It's like they 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 basically they, shot their load. They 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 gave it all that they had. So you don't think LeBron maybe perhaps catching the tantrum? Maybe no, they like, were I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I that, believe so. They was gassing. I saw Golden State as I'm watching this game. Like, all right, cool. We can go home another game. Like as if they, as if it was the Ali Foreman fight. Like they were just waiting for them to gas out and just said, okay, 12th round KO. It was, it was like he that's how I, that's how I saw that game going. Keep, keep in mind the sort of season that they had. Cause, cause everything was here for the Cavaliers. You know what? I, no, I, no, I but, that, but hold on. I, I put that. Go ahead. No, Sorry, I was gonna say, bro. but hold on. No, okay, okay. I was gonna say, like, keep in mind the season that they had. It wasn't easy. LeBron didn't take no time off, and they had mm-hmm. to fight and scrap to get what the fourth seed, I think it was. The third. Third or fourth seed. All right. Then they go on through the playoffs, and they had this crazy seven-game series with Boston, where they were pushed to the brink. They were oh, yeah, that shot them. That shot, there was no way. And I said, there was no way they won't be ready for Golden State. Yeah. After suffering a game seven. And, and I said that. But and, uh, here's another thing, also, though. To some degree, I put that blame on LeBron. To some degree. You got it, these young boys. Rodney Hood was averaging 17 points out in the West. On you the West? You know, as much, I'm just giving you an example, you know. um, George Hill, uh, three three years before that, took a team, I believe, to what the finals or the Eastern uh, to the Western Conference Finals. So you had good players. I just believe it wasn't going to work because LeBron needs shooters. You need Corver. You need J.R. Smith because when he drives in the lane, LeBron is so smart to see everybody that's there in the court. He kicks it out to the Kevin Love. He kicks it out. But this this is a thing also. I believe because. Le- be coached and put in the system, I do believe that hinders him just a little bit because playing with a coach that knows what he's doing and crunch time can give you control plays. Look over Brad Stevens, for example. No superstar. Look what Boston was able to do with rookies, my man. Rookies. That is amazing. And I hate Boston, but big yeah. ups to them. They took they took them to the brink. I believe if he if he had a great coach, because Luke Walton's gone. Let's let's. This is a black situation. He's gone. <laughs> All right, but well, we're gonna get into that at another time. All right, he needs a coach that's gonna put him in the system, draw plays, because at sometimes he's not willing to take the last shot. And sometimes he is. I don't know. It's because maybe to me his jump shot is not the best. 
if you're going to mention him as one of the GOATs and mention them up there uh, with the MJ and the Kobe, those guys can hit those crazy shots at clutch time. Uh, my, uh, LeBron will pass it. And there's nothing wrong with that because, you know what, basketball IQ, if there's a better shot, give it up. I, I, I don't I, – I see nothing wrong with that. But you know what Jordan and, and Kobe going to do, ice in their veins. Yeah, but, it, again, that all depends on what it is that your team needs for you and what the situation calls for in that specific moment. But – um. All right, now so I don't, I'm not entirely sure if Luke Walton might get fired because, like, quietly the second half of last season, he had the Lakers. He had the I Lakers playing. They, they they went up tempo. Yeah, he damn sure did. And they were amongst the league leaders in, in like scoring and efficiency and stuff like that. So, like, he did start to turn it around after he started getting some pieces back and people got help. I believe it. So, because like the thing about it is the Lakers have. Nothing to lose this year. So, like, they, they, they don't really lose mm-hmm. anything to, for, exactly. from seeing what Luke Walton can or can't do. Like, you got to give him time to develop and see what happens there. I believe so, too, before. And then if you don't, who are you going to bring <laughs> in? Damn, Tyron, Tyron Lue almost had, had a um, stroke. He was looking like Urban Myers when he was coaching Florida. He, you know, he had poor little Tyron Lue. He thought he was getting stepped on all over again by Iverson. He was in the hospital. Put my man in. He was checking for cornrows again. That's how bad it was for Tyron I mean, Lue, man. It's not easy to coach somebody yeah. like that. You know, you got to understand. I believe, but you know what I do like about Luke? He can play no <laughs> games. You know, LeVar Ball talked all that ish. Alonzo Ball not playing great. Let me sit your ass down. You're going to learn a lesson. Yeah, today, Luke, boy. I'm here. And I, I like that you need that because you know what Luke does come from a good culture. Well, it's, it's it's not just that too. Like you got to remember who Luke's dad is. <laughs> Bring it down, big the man. Bring it down. And, um, so <laughs> the great Bill. Wall. I man, I miss his announcing for um basketball. <laughs> games, Bill man. For you youngers out there, don't know Bill Walton, man. Funny, funny, yeah, funny he's guy. One of the greatest announcers of all time. Funny but, guy. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, he, he does college, games, college game, but the thing about it is, like, remember his Aww. father's Bill Walton, and um, they're basically hippies. And growing up, um, Bill never wanted. Growing up, See, Bill never wanted Luke to call him dad. Like <laughs> every time he would call him dad, he'd tell him, "Luke, I told you to call me Bill. My name is Bill." <laughs> so because of that, like, um, he just has this really cool, mellow attitude, and just a lot of stuff isn't going to get to him. So if it's, com- if it's coming it to isn't. coaching LeBron, like, yeah, there's going to be pressure there. But, like, given his background, given the fact that he's played for championship scenes, he's played for Phil Jackson, um, he's um, been around Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors. Like, Luke, yeah, Luke Walton, good coaching yeah, the, background. the coaching background and the, and the, upbring- and the upbringing that he's had, is there? Like, I like, believe in that. Very good point. It's a good mixture, and it might be exactly what LeBron needs because it's going to be a coach who he's going to feel pressure because it's normal, but he's not going to let it move him. He's not going to get scared of it. He, it's not going to get too bright for him. He's going to stay even keel because of everything he's been through. So, like, he might actually be the perfect coach for LeBron James in terms of, in terms of temperament. Now, if he starts adding other things and developing as a coach, becomes a better play caller. Uh, Which I believe yeah, he that, will, definitely considering the plays absolutely. he got. Yes. He was there, with, like, like we said, with Steve Kerr, he was handling that team. So he'll be able to learn how to draw up plays. That, that'll develop more with time. And he has a chance to end up being a really good coach. So what do you think about LeBron James' 
history with coaches, though. We all know that he uh, went to Pat Riley, tried to get Spolstra gone. I believe that is one of the reasons why he didn't even stay in Miami is because Pat Riley had that, you know, iron fist. Listen, you're not going to get carte blanche here. I've given you this, and that's it. I believe in Cleveland, it's carte blanche. L.A. looks like he might have carte blanche. So do you believe that history will repeat itself with LeBron James going with Luke Walton if they start losing? Because like you said, I don't believe this season should count, even if they do have a losing record, because you're getting chemistry together. And LeBron James is playing with a young cast, and he's not he's, – he doesn't have the type of talent he's used to with guys who are streaky shooters. He's used to streaky shooters and a big man that can go to the baseline and hit the corner, for example, Chris Bosh and Kevin Love. Like, the thing is that since it's LeBron and he's going to – and they, they wooed him over to come to L.A., and he's developing a close relationship with Magic Johnson. If he decides he wants Luke gone, there's a high probability probability that Luke will be gone. But I mm. mean, who? That's deep, man. I, I hope mean, not. I, but like you said, this season doesn't count, so we really don't need to see Luke yeah, gone. Yeah, I like mean, that. I I honestly believe that he should give Luke Walton time to grow into the role and develop. Oh, definitely. But your guys are in their sophomore years. You know, a lot of rookies have that sophomore slump. That's why I'm not always so high on rookies yet, because I want to see how you do your second year. Remember, to me, it's almost like a picture. There's no real film on you. So you know what? You're going to have great games here and there if you have that talent, those intangibles, and the potential to be a superstar. I believe you will rock out your first year, but that second year, let's see if you can keep it going. Because a lot to me, a lot of rookies go through that sophomore. So the, the thing I don't understand about what the Lakers did was like in the offseason, the, the pieces that they added. I would have been happier if they would have kept a lot of the, the the players that they had already and developed them. Corbin, yes, Randall played like a. So they would if they would have kept Randall, ooh, Randall, you oh, keep Bull, you keep Kuzma, and you develop them more, and then you develop Hart. Like, I think that would have been better off, but, like, they added Rondo. Yo, Hart, did you watch him in the summer league? Yeah, That's he's pretty good. Hart he's pretty a, good. So, so you see, there might be a point guard problem because, hey, listen, I like Rondo, but if you're going to develop these young guys, um, and to me, as much as I like Rondo, two problems. One, locker room distraction, okay? <laughs> Number two... The problem, he's, I mean, besides him, you know, being hot-headed, I'm sorry, that goes with locker room distraction. I'm sorry. I find it bad you're a point guard all these years, and you still can't shoot. You still can't effing shoot. Okay, you're going to distribute the ball. Great. To me, they already have one point guard that's not a consistent shooter. Great. We have a backup. I think they need to play ball and Hart. Hart at least comes off the bench. Hart's going to drive to the lane, and his jump shot is sweet. I don't understand... Rondo, oh, he's going to develop ball. To me, ball has all the intangibles. He has it there. It's all about just the experience and the time. I don't think a Ray John Rondo is going to sit there and make him better. You know what I'm saying? This is not – if anything, go go see Jason Kidd Jason Kidd camp or something like that. Go to Gary Payton camp or something. Go run a Rico Hines, <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying, um, on court session. You know, go. that's, what, that's how I, I believe. I don't think – Signing Ray John Rondo was their but best it, move. I, I don't think it was a smart move. I think Magic just wanted to make publicity with, when it the, comes to that. Well, that, that he wasn't going to get much publicity out of signing Ray John Rondo. Ray John Rondo doesn't have much of the I name, mean, it has gotten a lot. I mean, it's gotten a lot but, but, so far. But, but, no, but it's gotten a lot because of the boneheadedness of it. Because the thing is, it's like, all right, they already had a young team, and a young team is going to have 
some issues adjusting to playing with LeBron just because LeBron does that to a lot of players. Like, they feel pressure. They just feel a lot of eyes on them. And, you know, a lot of people just can't really thrive in that sort of environment. But the thing about it is, like, you added JaVale McGee. Now, JaVale McGee is a bonehead. Mm-hmm. But... But yep, and you got three freaking but, boneheads. But, but, yeah, you got Larry Moe and Curly and um Rondo Stevenson. Yeah, and but McGee. But like, <laughs> all right, yeah, but <laughs> like at least McGee does what he does. Like you can expect him to come in high energy, get some boards, challenge some shots, get a dunk here and there, dive to the basket. He does what he does. Oh, he's definitely but, gonna play defense. I but, like that. But different system. Golden no, no, State, no. I knew once they got him, they would mold him the way they no, needed him. No, but the him thing is, be. like, all right, I can understand picking him up for a specific role. But, like, Lance Stevenson and Dre John Rondo, they, they both can't hit jump shots. If, if, if exactly. Ball continues to shoot and have struggles from deep, then, you know, that's another inconsistent jump shot. And then you're going to have, like, LeBron James on the floor. Like, is LeBron going to be a best mm-hmm. three-point shooter out there? Like, because that, doesn't, that no. doesn't seem like the best formula. Like, he can hit threes from there here that's, and now, and he got tired. That's what I'm saying. You're going to have LeBron out there. Yeah, you're going to have LeBron out there, and he's your best three-point shooter on the floor at times. That's that's not a good look. I'm, I'm not quite entirely sure how that's going to work. On top of that, and that's what I said as well, is I said this is a different team. LeBron needs shooters. There are no shooters on this team. So when you play a squad like Golden State and they're hot from the perimeter, no, what you going to do? Because three beats two. Get <laughs> you know, you're going to get blown out. And everybody saw this. I love Kuzma. I think Kuzma is a beast. I don't see Kuzma staying there or a ball. One of those two, Ingram. I believe, in the future will go. Don't forget Ingram. Uh I love Ingram, but he just did good his second year. I got to see something this year. No, no, he's going to continue growing and developing. I'm, I'm just saying, from the, those are those are the three young Lakers that they're looking to develop and stuff like that. So, like you know, it's possible that they trade them away for pieces so that they can, you know, add another veteran presence for LeBron. But it's like, um, I don't know how often are they going to keep doing this? You're, you're trading away future assets. And you keep bringing in veterans. That's good for like a three, four win, three, four year window. But yes, like, exactly. where does that leave you for the future? I understand that once you because I don't believe. Well, not to cut you off, that brings me to my next point. I don't believe this was a basketball move by LeBron James because to me, your best bet was to stay on the East. Your only competition was Boston, and we don't know how Haywood is going to come back. Or if Kyrie's going to have another injury. So you still could have competed. And Kyle Sexton, I believe, will be a beast, especially on somebody like a LeBron James tutelage. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what sort of jump shot he's going to have, Sexton. But, I mean, we'll see. He's a rookie, so you never know how that's going to turn out. But, yeah, I mean, I, like, it's hard for me to blame. You don't, you don't, not cut, you don't believe there's other teams he could have went to that would have been a better fit, even taking pay cuts? Oh, no, obviously. Um, you know, if, if he can manage to have gotten himself into Golden State, you go to Golden State. But, I mean, this is this was more about... <coughs> Besides yeah. Golden State. Yeah, me. I mean, there's a lot of places. Like, obviously, Houston has those two stars already. Um, Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee got Giannis and Chris Middleton. I mean, there's a lot of places that... Because the thing is, like, he could he could force his way into whatever situation he wants if he forced a signing trade. So that's always an option for players. And, um, 
you know, there's other places and other people that he could have spoken to and gone to. Could have gone to Philadelphia. Philadelphia could have. Yo, Philadelphia. I mean, don't get me wrong. It would it would have stunted some of Ben Simmons' development, Ben yeah, Simmons' but, growth. But they definitely would have been in but, the finals every those, year. That would have been great to see. That would have. I mean, um, I'm a big Joel Embiid fan. I'm oh, absolutely. He's, he's my favorite player in the NBA just right now, just because of how much he throws. <laughs> uh, he was there for, for the summer he was going around Philly just going to random street ball courts and just dunking on people did you see that video now I gotta watch that let the people know you can check that out on YouTube Joel yeah. and B dunking on he's random just going people. to street parks and just finding pickup games and just yamming it on them. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> there was one play where like somebody went and helped off of Joel and B because you know he threw it down low. He was standing by the three-point line, and of course, you know you you got to double mm-hmm. the five foot seven non-athletic yep. white guy. Guy, right? You got to double him, and you got to leave the the, the NBA su- superstar all alone. So he dumps it down. The guy does some pirouette and throws it back to Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid throws up a little stupid pump fake, drives to the basket, and just windmills on the yeah. Just and the guy actually jumps up. <laughs> he jumps. Oh my like god, had, what a poster. Like but a I would definitely be like, I need this sign for my kid. <laughs> like he had Imagine a chance. looking up to his room every day, it's just a post of you being dunked on yeah, my well I believe what do you think Philly gonna do this year? Uh, Philly's gonna keep growing. I mean the the, the thing is it's it's just pretty much just Philly. It's Milwaukee and it's and it's the seventy sixers. And like depending on what Kevin Knox develops into in, in New York, maybe, you know, Hopefully the Knicks tank it this year. <laughs> so that... no Toronto. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Kawhi of course, Lennon. I forgot Toronto. Um, but yeah, like those, those. It's only like three or four teams. No love for Washington Wizards. You don't believe John Wall and Bradley Beal can finally get it? Oh no, together? no, no. They, they could have gotten it together. The problem <clears throat> is that they added Dwight Howard. <laughs> oh, you think Dwight Howard is a cancer? Like everybody yeah, absolutely says, absolutely he is. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first from Ace Trends. Dwight Howard oh my is God. cancerous. Not, not first. Get your radiation not, and chemotherapy together on um, Bradley Baylor. <laughs> but here's a did you hear that uh reports his trainer said that he wants to evolve into an Anthony Davis Kevin Durant, but and his that own is version. exactly why Dwight Howard is a cancer because Dwight, <laughs> Dwight <laughs> You know Howard. what kills me was I said you want to evolve. No. At the age of 35, it's a young players that you can never be. The thing is, is like that—that's the problem here. Dwight Howard never understood who and what he is as a basketball player. Now, God bless him, he made it to levels that you know, like zero point zero 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 one percent of the population in this country could even ever hope to understand. I mean, he—he was a top flight (laughs) NBA player, and God bless him. Hey, how many times um, defensive player of the year? Yeah, back to back, three times. Future Hall of Famer, but the thing is, it's like. You have to be honest, and you have to know and understand who and what you are as a basketball player. Now, you can develop certain skills, and you can add things to, to the repertoire, but but um, well, I mean, I'm just oh, my bad, cutting cut, cut off. Yeah, you can add little things to the repertoire, but like <laughs> he he was always a dunker. So, yes, so, and put back rebounder. So, he was a um, he was an elite Kenya Martin. Yeah, so like, so like you couldn't develop a post, a post play, post game. 
He, he well, wanted, at least a no, jump. No, 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 no. He wanted Sha- to. Shaq had he wa- great. He, you know. He wanted to in theory, but it wasn't working out. And all right, so you couldn't develop post moves from eight feet away at the basket. You couldn't hit your free throws because your form was just nasty nope. and disgusting. You can, you, you can, you can, never worked on it. You can never hit a, you can never hit a twelve footer. But this never. year, you're going to at the age of like thirty five, you're going to step yep. back twenty four feet from the basket, and you think you're going to nail those. And no, no, I, he's going to he's going to team up with Ash and Brock, and he's going to evolve into what I like to call. The Whitesaurus, you know what I mean? No, no. He's going to evolve and into a great Pokemon basketball player. And this, and, this, and this is why he's a cancer, because in his head, he thinks that he can do this. And God bless him for thinking it, because, you know, like I said, he made it to the NBA. But he thinks he could do this at this point of his stage in his career. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, and when the team doesn't give him those opportunities, when the team is telling him, yo, go down oh, he's low. he's crying. Get blocks, get rebounds. This is what you do on an elite level. He's gonna start pouting and complaining and bitching because, oh, they're not giving, they're not setting me up for like three point looks. Why are we, why why are we setting you up for three point opportunities? (laughs) Stupid. Yeah, at this age in your career, here's here's another thing too. I thought he had an awesome comeback year last year. We're playing with Kimba Walker. He should have continued. I mean, did you look at his numbers? He played really great. But he he, he really played great. He's he sixteen eleven, and uh, and he looked like and he actually played defense. I watched a lot of uh, those games. But he played uh, Charlotte. And he played great. Bro. He, he played great doing the things that Dwight Howard's always been done. Great. He's even because like even when he was in the Lakers and he and he had a bad back and things were going bad, he was still leading the league in rebounding because that is what he is. He is he is an yes. elite rebounder. He's always been a good defender. That is okay what, at they at they at peak. Who you pick, DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard? Right now or at their peak? At the at, at their peak. <sighs> just the, well, I gave you a tough one. Yeah, no, no. because no, I mean they do similar things. I just believe I'm gonna pick Dwight Howard though. But the reason why I made a side is because. Um, they're both basically the same player, but the the, the difference exactly. is exactly I gave him a comparison. That's why I gave the, him that. <laughs> the, 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 but the thing is, is that um, DeAndre Jordan he understands and knows what he is as a basketball. Mm. The mm. So if you're gonna give me those two, even though Dwight Howard at his peak at his peak is better, I'm gonna take DJ just because it's just less. It's just less to worry about. Why we have you on the show, giving you another perspective, realistic, unbiased point of view. He's telling you what his point is, even though Dwight Howard may have the better stats. Tell him what it is, trends. We got four, we got three more minutes. I want to give a quick topic real quick. Since we're talking about aging players, we got to talk about Melo. <laughs> got to talk about Melo. I mean, last year... You know, not to sound like a fanboy once again, I believe that that system wasn't for him. Uh, he was playing out of place. You're, in a, you're not getting the ball. I believe a player like Melo needs to fill the rock a lot to get hot. And you're not going to get that being the third option. Maybe even the fourth option because Steven Adams had a hell of a year. Also, I believe Carmelo probably would have been used better playing the four position, having Adams at the five, instead of having him at the three. And you had um, PG at the two. 
Uh, it just it just isn't going to work. Yeah, I mean, West, Westbrook gets assists, but he makes sure he just gets those 10, and that's it. And a lot of those are quick him driving to the lane, doing an up-and-under scoop pass to Steven Adams for a quick layup or dunk. It's never a quick kick back out. So once in a while, if he sees somebody on the corner baseline. But if you notice his triple-doubles, it's strictly 10 assists, maybe 12. You know, I've seen games, maybe one or two, he has 15, but he's getting 10 assists. He'll get, he'll go for the rebound. I love that. I love that about Westbrook. That man is dying. I've seen him snatch rebounds from Adams. All right? That's how real it is. All right? He's a dog. Everybody got to eat? Nah. Only I eat. I love that about Westbrook. But I believe in that system. And I, I don't think the coach works for, for Oklahoma. I think they need a different change of coach, a different system. I believe it's too late, but you got to stop Westbrook from being so ball dominant. What do you think? I caught none Hello? of that because everything. I caught none of that because everything was starting to break up. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. All right, so this, I was like, "Oh, what you call that?" I believe Melo played in a system that wasn't suited for him. That um should have been playing the four. Him not him being maybe the fourth option doesn't work for him, especially when you're coming from a place where you was the man. You know, I don't think he knew what he was getting into. I mean, I knew he had to leave New York, but I think he should have went to a different team. Even if that team was garbage, I think him being the man, I still think he, he can score like he can. Um, just not every night. I did see some sluggishness. You can see Melo put on some weight. The, the springs are gone. The Springs of Dan on Mello. He's got Allen Houston knees. What do you think, though, about Mello and the Houston Rockets? Um, I think Carmelo obviously went to a bad situation for him. Um, the thing about Russell Westbrook is he likes the ball in his hands, and exactly. he's going to give you opportunities to score here and there. But the thing is, it's like there's a really brief window in that chance for you to score. So he's going to give up the ball to you when you have, like, Right when you have a chance at a layup, and if you don't mm-hmm. hit that, then then you're not. It. Exactly. Then it's it's gonna become more difficult, or you know you're gonna try to have to take a tough shot with. The, yeah, you're not gonna get in the zone else. exactly. Exactly, you're not getting the rhythm. And like I said, I believe Carmelo coming from a place where he was the man to be and not the man. It's a whole different setting. Yeah, it's a different you know, setting. You're not. You're not. You're not. The, you're not gonna get those twenty touches a game no more. And I also believe that was the main reason why KP flourished so much was people still had to account for Carmelo Anthony. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I wish Melo the best. I hope he still does his thing. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our longest podcast ever, but it was well worth it. That's how hot basketball can be when you got that barbershop talk. You don't even come in for the fade. You just come in for the talk. You know what I mean? Just to escape your wife. <laughs> and we out. A trends and Charlie Brown. And it's this thin line between sports and hate. And we gone. Oh, that was tough.